0: Glad to have you with us on a Monday edition of Sports Talk, Adrian Bratis, along with my man Sal Montes, carrying it over from Minor Talk over the weekend. Let's go, and we're here with you for the next two and some change. 8805763, number to get into the program. We're also on 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter, online, on our free mobile app powered by United Bank. We're doing the show for the first time since probably back in March, right, Sal? The first time on Sports Talk since probably that UTEP women's basketball tournament in the Conference USA out in Frisco. That's the first time. Wow. Listen to this. That's the first time we've done a live. Uh, Lubin Go Studio show in in so long. I think, with the exception of just one show on Sports Talk, when we had Lance Taylor join us in the studios, that was an abbreviated show. But man. It's good to be back in studio. Yeah.
1: Ties and turntables. We're back, baby. It's awesome. Super excited. And uh, it's only fitting, right? I mean, minor talk. We only had so much time to talk about the Miners win. But um, also, a lot went on around the world of sports elsewhere. I forgot to mention this in my update, but the Miami Heat punched in their ticket to the NBA Finals. So, Pat Riley is smiling. LeBron smiling. I think they should just uh, swap jerseys, I think. But uh, all in all, Adrian, a lot to get to. I'm excited, man.
0: Oh, man. We're going to recap a biz. Busy- Busy, busy sports weekend, not just the UTEP Miners starting off 3-1 for the first time in a decade, but we're also going to be talking about the Cowboys losing yesterday against Seattle, obviously. We'll talk about Green Bay's performance against the New Orleans Saints and how Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers, it was the Aaron show yesterday in primetime NFL action. And maybe we'll take you up to what could be the game of the year, Chiefs, Ravens, Monday Night Football, we'll have it for you. Westwood One's coverage right here on 600 ESPN El Paso following sports talk. I
1: can't wait for that game, Sal. It's it's making me so excited. Wait a minute. It's week three? I- I thought this was the AFC Championship week already.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's right. No, it's a it's a great game right there. Hey, baseball playoffs are set. We'll go over and talk some baseball as well. And if you'd like to give us your predictions or talk some baseball with us, we could do so on the program today. NBA Finals, they're set. Uh, Doc Rivers out, Sal. How about that? Already, yeah. there's some breaking news to start off the program today. Doc Rivers out as head coach uh, for the Los Angeles Clippers.
1: Yeah. And we were talking about this before the show started. And I was saying how I just started watching that uh, Doc, (laughs) no pun intended, Humanity with uh, Doc Rivers in it. I forgot the name of it, but it's, uh, it's about coaching. And lo and behold, not even 12 hours later after watching that, we hear the news.
0: Yeah, that's right. Hey, Locomotive FC tie with New Mexico United uh, this past weekend. We've got the recap for you up on our website by our guy Joe Rodriguez, our man who covers the El Paso Locomotive FC, talking about the emotional, gritty battle that it happened uh, over at Southwest University Park with the Locomotive FC. Uh, It wasn't supposed to be a a game that they thought that would happen like that that would result in a draw, but nonetheless, I loved the recap that Joe Rod posted. On the website, and it was a nil-nil draw between the locomotive and New Mexico United. We also have a lot to talk about in the Stanley Cup. We've got Game Six tonight, man. So many sports going on. Stanley Cup gets lost sometimes yeah. in the fold, but hey, Stars Lightning—that's a huge series. And I know there's a lot of Dallas Stars fans here locally in El Paso who are really fired up about this one. You don't have to ask them which game they'll be watching tonight between this one and Monday Night Football. It stars all the way for some of. These Dallas fans here locally. We also have high school football, the season starting up this weekend. That's right. High school football Whoa. will take place here in El Paso this weekend. Hey, EPISD announces their schedule and their changes as far as what they are allowing for fans this year. They're going to be a li- uh, limiting fans this year in the fall to just, uh, well, the first week will be uh, seniors, uh, parents of seniors only. For those games, and we'll get to that a a little bit later on in the program. But let's set the stage with the Cowboys from yesterday, because I I think this is what we've got to lead off with today. It was a it was a back and forth, entertaining game as hell. And man, when you're looking at the Cowboys, you like their offense. You like what their weapon, their weapons, uh, the weapons that they have, and Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, uh, and you obviously love Ceedee Lamb and what they're able to do with uh, Cedric Wilson as well, who emerged out of nowhere. But the Cowboys have some problems, and it starts defensively. You look all across. Their tackles, their pass rush, their linebackers, their secondary. Very suspect at times, and I think that's why uh, Russell Wilson, who didn't really have that great of a game, let's be honest. I mean, he was sacked four times in this one. He uh, started off a little slow, ended off with five passing touchdowns, and that's what you'll do against a Cowboys defense that has a lot of holes in it. Uh, You'll let DK Metcalf, who I didn't think had a very good game, uh, finish off with four receptions for 110 receiving yards and a touchdown Seattle I mean let's be honest Russell Wilson didn't really have to do much in the end but when it counted he made it really happen and if I had to choose between any quarterback in this league to lead a fourth quarter game on the line drive it's Russell Wilson game on the line two minutes left and you need somebody to score I'm putting Russell Wilson in over anybody he's a gamer I mean I just love what he's done this year so far and We heard all of last week the MVP buzz and how he's never gotten a first place vote and all that kind of stuff. But man, what Russell Wilson did to the Cowboys secondary yesterday—he absolutely roasted them.
1: What What I love the most about Russell Wilson and company is that even though the game was as tight as it was, it looked like it was business as usual for them. Even when there's just these head scratching plays that go on, yeah, they they lament for about two seconds and then they get back to work. And I think that's the embodiment of uh, Russell Wilson throughout the entire team. He's really stretching out his attitude to everybody else. It's a completely different team than the LOB team. We know this, but this team can put up a lot more points and he finally has weapons. So what defense does it really matter? They also play in Seattle. That's enough of a defense right there.
0: I'm with you on that right there. Eight, eight, zero, five, seven, six, three number to get into the program. Seattle. I'm not going to call them the surefire pick out of the NFC West, just because I think there are some problems with them too. They have absolutely no pass rush. Dak had all the time in the world. Uh, late in that game and I think at some points he let the line cave and he didn't capitalize on what he could do on the ground because I think Dak is a really good runner he just didn't show it yesterday he didn't run when he could yesterday and they kept doing these short passes the special teams there were so many problems with what they had to to bring to the table with the Cowboys and you look at how they followed up a game against the Falcons and you expect uh, their special teams to be on top before anything else and they kind of faltered at points yesterday against the Seahawks so Cowboys have the Browns next week that's a must-win game you don't lose to Baker especially at home Cowboys there are some problems with this team they're one and two but you look at the rest of the NFC East and man that is an awful awful division the Giants are terrible the Eagles They're 0-2-1, and they punt instead of trying to win that game yesterday against the Bengals. Yes, the Bengals, Uh. man. And then the Washington Football Club, there are so many problems with that team, and I cannot believe that Ron Rivera decides to continue to run with Dwayne Haskins after all the turnovers and all the errors that he had yesterday in that game against the Browns. And if you can't even be competitive against Cleveland in that game if you're Washington— man, this is going to be a long, long season. So, I think that division's wide open. I think it really is the Cowboys to lose. It's it's the worst division in football by far, and uh, I mean, come on, man. If the Cowboys don't win that division, there's something really wrong with that team.
1: Yeah, because you look at it and they can play with anybody, but That goes literally across the entire NFL. Yeah, they could play with the Seahawks the same way they could play with the Falcons. So it's I I think they play up to the level of competition and they play down. This team needs to establish an identity because right now they're looking like a mirror.
0: Yeah, it's funny, man. And and you know what was really funny about yesterday's game is just kind of watching the Cowboy fans roller coaster of emotion. And really, I mean, it's been every game so far. You get frustrated with Dak and then you get mad at him. Then Dak gets you back in the game and you say, all right, well, let's pay Dak. But then... Does Dak get you that win at the end of the game? Or does your defense get you that win at the end of the game? Or are you putting the blame on head coach Mike McCarthy? Or on the flip side, are you saying, wait, it's way too soon for this, and you cannot uh, go and make all these bold ca- claims on anything yet with this Cowboys team? There's no question. The talent is there. But I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what, Sal. I think this team is missing something. It might be Earl Thomas that everybody's clamoring that they uh, sign. It might be a better play calling down the line with Kellen Moore it might just not be Dak Prescott. That might be the bottom line is maybe you move a, move on from uh, the quarterback out of Mississippi State and you just decide not to pay him and maybe patch it together with somebody else. But I'm not sure. I really want to know what the answer is to solving the Cowboys' inconsistencies
1: so far. I think it's really just a matter of where do you start because yeah. every game it's something new, something different. And Dak Prescott's doing what he's supposed to. He might make a mistake here or there, but – he redeems himself majority of the time. At the same token, Dak Prescott isn't a linebacker. He's not a safety. He's not a defensive back. He's not a defensive lineman. He's not a kicker. He's not a long snapper. None of that. He's a quarterback. He can only do what he's supposed to. I think everybody else is kind of failing him right now. And this is a big, big year for him. He's trying to get paid. He's trying to get paid. It's uh, it's going to be crucial to see how it unfolds. <laughs> Maybe that's why he's not running the ball.
0: <laughs> 880-5763, number to get into the program. And we're saying all of this when Dak is 37-57 for 472 passing yards. And three passing touchdowns. We're saying all this stuff when Dak is turning around and putting up the numbers that justify him being paid and justify him being a quarterback on the Cowboys. But on the flip side, I didn't think Zeke had a particularly great game yesterday. I thought the while the receivers were good, the offensive line still has some holes with the Cowboys. And moving forward, I mean, this team is just game to game. You just gotta you pick the matchups, you see who they're playing against, and you just hope that the the Cowboys don't fold when it comes to some of these weaker opponents, let's be honest, they don't have a very hard schedule, especially when you're playing a team in the in the NFC East. I mean, these teams are really, really bad when you look at the Eagles, Giants, and Washington Football Club. Um, and I, I really am not uh, putting a lot of stock on any of those guys. I think when you're talking about the Philadelphia Eagles, you might be looking at a new quarterback. Carson Wentz, man, I'm just off. I, I think that's another thing that you'd probably leave yesterday and take away from is, What's wrong with Carson Wentz? Is there any opportunity to, to have Jalen Hurts, uh, the former Oklahoma quarterback, in at quarterback with this team moving forward? And are you done just uh, trying to experiment with Carson Wentz and uh, hoping that he could be the quarterback that everybody thought he would be uh, at, at when they drafted him?
1: I'm not a too, I'm not a big fan of Carson Wentz. I haven't been. Uh, it's always been a Dak versus Carson Wentz debate. I have no idea why. I think Carson Wentz is who Cowboys haters think Dak Prescott is. That, yeah, that, I, that's true. And also, too, whenever you're a fan of a team, you're going to see it through a certain lens, and I get that. But it's just not working out, and we're also kind of seeing the same thing, although this guy, in my opinion, is significantly worse than Mitch Trubisky over there in Chicago. That's a whole other issue. But <laughs> lo and behold, two teams that were supposed to really Take hold of the division, two teams that were supposed to make some noise, not just in their division, but in the conference, really Um, getting off to some bad starts. Yeah, they look good in flashes. But aside from that really, really great comeback in uh, in week one uh, for the Bears, there's just a lot of inconsistencies. Yeah, they did it last week, but it's not or yesterday, but it's not always going to unfold like that. Now, as we go to the Eagles. Oh, boy. Where are we going to start with this team? Yeah, seriously. Yeah, they they got Carson Wentz issues, tackling issues, drop issues. Um, They they just got to practice, I think. And then after that, diagnose whatever it is.
0: Man, I'm going to throw you one last Cowboys stat, and Mm -hmm. then we'll get to the break. But here we go. In three games, the Cowboys have given up eight touchdown drives of 70-plus yards. One was 85 yards. I mean, come on. The defense cannot do that. They can't just let these drives go, especially the longer ones that are time consuming, that take a lot out of your defense and just don't allow you to get back into games. But we could talk Cowboys with you today. We could talk about the UTEP Miners. Three and one for the first time since 2010. We came on Miner Talk over the weekend, presented by Longhorn Distributing, and everybody in the fan base was excited. Are you excited if you're a UTEP fan? Should you be excited with this team going? 3-1, and defeating Louisiana Monroe 31-6. to They dominated them on Saturday. And now the Miners will take a uh, break this week. This will be their bye week. They'll get ready uh, for a big Conference USA slate that will start on October 10th on the road against La Tech. We could talk about UTEP football today on the program. We've posed on Twitter. After UTEP's 31-6 to win over Louisiana Monroe, how many more games will the Miners win, considering Conference USA is right around the corner? Again, the Miners have eight scheduled Conference USA games. They're 3-1 right now. Do the math. It only takes three more games for the Miners to win under their belt in order to be bowl eligible. That's right. UTEP Miners trying to get Bull eligible for the first time since 2014. We could talk about that on the program as well, but as we continue here on the program, you can get in on the program via the phones, via our free mobile app powered by United Bank, and also on Twitter, at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. But we're going to take a time out right now. When we come back, we'll get some more phone calls and tweets. Just stay with us as Sports Talk continues right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Right, welcome back to Sports Talk. Adrian brought us here along with Sal Montes. We're filling in for Steve Kaplowitz today. 880-5763, number to get into the program. Oh, what a busy, busy sports weekend it was. Great NFL action. We got a great one for you coming up after Sports Talk. It's Ravens and the Chiefs. We'll bring it to you. six fifteen kickoff right here on 600 ESPN El Paso following Sports Talk If you want to talk about the Cowboys' loss yesterday against Seattle, now is the time to do it. If you want to talk minors football, we could do that as well. And if you want to talk anything in the world of sports, NBA Finals right around the corner, hockey action tonight, Uh, we've also got high school football right around the corner, now is the time to do it, 880-5763, number to get into the program. Let's go to YYS, who's first joining us on the phone lines. What's up, YYS?
2: Hey, what's up, a b How are you doing today?
0: Doing well, man. How about yourself? Are you? Uh, have you recovered from the Cowboys' loss, or are you still excited about that big uh, Lakers' final finals appearance?
2: I guess I could just tell you, Adrian, that the, there's always a, a yin and a yang effect to everything. So let's just say the Lakers were my yin to the Cowboys' yang yesterday.
3: Mm, I- just,
2: Cow- Cowboys just uh, the secondary just doesn't look very good, Adrian, um, I, I think I even tweeted that uh, the UTEP receiver, uh, Cowan, probably could have torn up that secondary, too, with the way they were playing yesterday. So, uh,
0: Is it time for – hey, YYS, let me ask you this. Is it time for the Cowboys to just uh, put aside everything and just sign Earl Thomas to their secondary?
2: I keep saying, Adrian, at some point uh, we may see him, even though, even though that Stephen Jones said – Otherwise today and that he likes what he has. At some point, you have to. <laughs> There's only so I, I look at the secondary right now, Adrian, and I look at it like it's just being held up by bandy. That's all I can tell you. And eventually, those bandy they're gonna break. So sometimes you gotta do what you don't wanna do, Adrian. At least for the sake of stopping the bleeding a little bit. Will he be the difference maker uh, that he was five years ago? No, but he gotta try anything at this point. Oh, and so a lot of football left to play, but yeah, that secondary is just bad. I don't know what else to tell you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing I, the only thing I could see, Adrian, is that the Cowboys are going to have to pretty much outshoot the other team to win games. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not. I, I don't feel comfortable with the defense making stops. And um, did you hear that, Adrian?
0: <laughs> is that the locomotive? Is that the locomotive train after they won, <laughs> or actually they tied this past weekend? And they're still in first place. Is that what that is?
2: No, Adrian. Those, those are those are all my buddies laughing at the fact that <laughs> Doc Rivers got canned. What did I tell you about Doc Rivers, Adrian? Uh,
0: He's
4: just an overrated
2: coach, Adrian.
0: An overrated. <laughs> coach. I love it. I love it. Hey, so Doc good. Rivers they're, out yeah. today. Why am I chiming in on the program? I love it. Hey, I, I gotta I gotta correct myself right now. Earl Thomas. We just talked about him as possibly being a suitor for uh, the Cowboys eventually, or vice versa hey, the Texans look like they're going to be closing in and signing Earl Thomas before today's over. How about that? How about that?
1: He's going to the Lone Star State. It's just going to be for which team?
0: Yeah, seriously. (laughs) And, hey, by the way, the Texans had an awful game yesterday. I mean, just they played terrible. And the fact that the Steelers were able to rally back, I didn't, I wasn't, you know, blown away by what the Steelers did yesterday. Yeah. But I just f- uh, found the fact that they were able to come back in that one really important and real relevant. But let's continue here on the program eight eight zero five seven six three number if you want to weigh in on the show. Let's go to Orly next, Orly. What's going on, man? Well,
4: you know, I'm happy for you, Cat, being three and one. Um. They beat
0: a, a, a group of five
4: team. Huh. Yep. My only thing is, they, I guess UTEP came out okay with the pandemic, because had they not had the pandemic, they would not have been playing two Division two schools. Sure. They were looking. They were looking at maybe one and three, one and three. Um, so, but we'll take it and uh, move on forward. I think it's great.
0: Well, I I, go, I even go back to Jim Center and the fact that you know this because you, you're right, Orly. If the pandemic didn't happen, UTEP would have had Texas Tech at home to start off the season. Then they would have gone on the road against Nevada. Then they would have played Texas on the road and closed out uh, what was last week, what was supposed to be last weekend against New Mexico State at home. And I'm right. with you on yeah. that. I think when you kind of look yeah. at the schedule, you look at how UTEP is, and especially the schedule placement. You're talking about a one and three, maybe maybe a two two team at most uh, w- when you're talking about what it c- what could have been but you go back to Jim Center and if you're Jim Center right now you get money to go on the road and play Louisiana Monroe and beat them 31-6. to 6. You pay. Granted, you pay for those two FCS opponents to come in town and Abilene Christian and Stephen F. Austin. But if those were confidence boosters and those end up being the determining factor on whether or not UTEP can make a bowl and you get slaughtered on the road against Austin, I mean, it doesn't matter right there to me. I think that's a big well, improvement I, and I, step I, forward I for this program.
4: I agree. That because the NCAA let you have two – Division two schools on your schedule, UTEP took advantage of it, which is good. Now, let's go to the 49 er game. All right. I thought Mullins played a great game. I thought the 49ers came out and dominated. The 49ers' next two scheduled games are going to be the Eagles on Sunday night and then Miami. If they can get past those two, which they should at home, they should start getting some of their some of the starters back, some of the ball players. Deebo Salmon hasn't played, Kittle hasn't played, Garoppolo hasn't played. So you know what? If we, can, if the Forty ers can get past the next two weeks and go four and one before going up against the Rams and Buffalo and and New England. Yeah, I think, I, I think I'll be
0: happy with that. Hey, Orly, I was reading yesterday a stat that the 49ers had only 40% of their payroll on the field yesterday. Everybody yeah. else was injured. How about
4: that? 40%. Isn't that something?
0: That's crazy right there. And the fact that they were able to patch it together and dominate the Giants the way that they did. I mean, Daniel Jones, he just looked terrible yesterday. You, you had a lot of confidence in Mullins. Maybe now that you're playing a down Eagles team and a Miami team, that just hasn't really put it all together and you're able to patch up a roster that can manage for the next two weeks and win I think right. that's a big victory right there if you're the 49ers when you're looking at Mostert and Garoppolo getting back in a couple weeks
4: well Debo, Samuel, and, K- and Kittle
0: yep yep those are yeah, your two think, top weapons think, there
4: yeah and I think we lost Reed yesterday I'm not I haven't read anything about no it.
0: Reed closed out the game I wonder how he's going to be for the rest of the season yeah, I, that's I know what he what closed I know he closed out that game, and, and I know he kind of was favoring uh, whatever he had f- had had the injury with. I had him on Fantasy, so I got updates uh, fi- every five seconds. But, no, I, I hear you, Orly. I mean, this team has been banged up. 49ers did put it together yesterday, though, and yeah. they t- took care of b- business, man. They dominated the Giants. Well, and
4: let's go to people that are talking about Prescott and all these numbers. you got to remember, he's throwing these big numbers because he's behind. Like twenty and fifteen points, he has to throw the ball. You mean he has no choice? They got away from the running game. That's why his numbers are so high. When it came down to the nitty gritty in the last drive, he couldn't do it. Hmm. And he's done that. I mean, the guy. I mean, that's a Cowboys' deal. But is he worth the forty-one million? No, he's not a Wilson. He proved that yesterday. He's, yeah. he's not even in the same league as Wilson Breeze. Even Garoppolo, I mean, Garoppolo has had his issues, too. He can't finish out games either. Look at the Super Bowl. I mean, uh, I just don't, I don't The Cowboy fans have to realize, thank God, they're lucky. They're playing in, they're 2-9 or 2-10 overall, their their division overall. Two wins and 10 losses compared to the... The NFC West is what nine, two and one. I nine, saw that. Nine, nine, they're dominating
0: NFC. that division they're they're, dominating. and they're really yeah. killing all those teams. but yesterday's game, and I'm with you, Orley, and I appreciate the phone call. but when you look at the running game and and you pay all that money on the on the same, same logic that you're using right there. You pay all this money for Ezekiel Elliott and he's already under under contract right now. He had 14 carries for 34 yards and a touchdown. Didn't really do much of anything. So if you want to come at me and say that Dak Prescott's not worthy of money, okay. I understand. But who else are you going to get to pay uh, $40 million and be your franchise quarterback? And if you're going to give that money to a running back in Ezekiel Elliott, well, you sure want more yards than just 34 on the ground and a touchdown. You want a little bit more production from your star running back, who gave you so much last week. And Dak gave you so much last week. And he did a lot yesterday as well. I mean, look, he had 472 yards through the air. I understand maybe some of that was during garbage time or when they were trying to rally back but those three touchdowns were significant he got other receivers involved in Cedric Wilson Michael Gallup and of course C.D. Lamb who I've really liked in, uh, so far and he's doing this with a subpar line I, I think that I go back and forth on Dak Prescott because I think it's easy for us to hammer him and to get mad and to get frustrated at what he doesn't do but then you look at the quarterbacks out there and you wonder well, who who could be better than this? I mean, he's never going to be Russ. He's never going to be Aaron Rodgers. He's not going to be a Drew Brees. But Dak Prescott might give you enough. Well, if you're a Cowboy fan, you'd hope that he could give you enough to win these big games. Eight eight zero five seven six three number to get into the program. Let's uh, take a timeout right now and do Sports Center with Sal Montes here on six hundred ESPN El Paso. This. Appreciate that, Sal. As we continue, we got some tweets to get to, eight eight zero five seven six three. 5763 If you want to follow up YYS and Orly, now is the time to do it here on the program. We're talking some NFL right now, and we'll get to UTEP talk in a, a little bit. Um, first off, Ivan tweets the program, Ivan Aguirre. It, depend- it can be argued that the Cowboys should still be... Oh, and three shake my head. They should have lost against Atlanta, but blew it slash choked. I said this last week. It's not good when your quarterback has to run for three touchdowns. If they lose next week, Jerry Jones needs to go as GM. I wouldn't mind if they naturally lost the rest of the season. That won't be hard and had a chance to draft Trevor Lawrence. And how could they draft? And that's how they drafted a guy like Troy Aikman and those losing seasons were worth it before then. Can no? That's funny. That's a good yeah. string of, <laughs> of
1: it's, tweets. I, I guess it all just depends on where you stand on the uh the tanking, but it's worked for some and it doesn't work for some. Okay, I'm just gonna throw this out there, switching it over to the NBA. Miami Heat, they never tanked, and look where they're at now. I yeah. mean, granted, look at who they have in the front office, all that, but my point is it can be done. Now you flip it over to the NFL side, and uh, Ivan Piotr, with a good point. Yeah, that's how they got Troy Aikman. That's how a lot of these teams got their best players. Is it worth it, though? But also at the end of the day, do you trust Jerry Jones? That's really what it comes down to. Hey,
0: it's a good point. Uh YYS checks in on Twitter as well on six hundred ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Holy crap, can you run that Orly clip back to where he said that Jimmy G also is not a Wilson Rogers type? That's a that's a good one from YYS right there. He likes he likes the fact that Orley Came out and admitted that. 8805763, number to get into the program. We're talking some NFL right now, and I want to stay on this topic. We'll get to UTEP football in a little bit, but want to get to some other storylines. That Bears game, Bears, Falcons, Chicago pulls ahead and wins this one 30 to 26. First off with the Falcons. You've got such a big lead and you blow it like this. Ugh. Man, I I just feel bad for Dan Quinn. I feel bad for the Falcons. I feel bad for Matt Ryan, Todd Gurley, uh, Julio Jones, who didn't play yesterday, and that whole Falcons organization for just uh, you know just not being able to close out that game. And then on the flip side. Is it time to just put a rest to Mitch Trubisky? It's over, right? I mean, Mitch Trubisky is going to end his NFL career 18 of 25 as a starting quarterback. They were done with Trubisky yesterday, as they showed. They were down at one point. They benched him for Nick Foles. Foles comes back in, rallies in the game, throws the ball to Allen Robinson, who scores a touchdown to cap off a 10 reception game. Nick Foles is the answer. I don't know if he's going to get you to the playoffs or he's going to get you success, but he's going to get you a lot more than Mitchell Trubisky would have done.
1: I just hate that it has to come down to this for coaches to realize that Nick Foles should be a starter. He should. The man is a freaking Super Bowl MVP. Are we forgetting this? Mm. Yeah, he was thrown in the fire. Right place, right time. Doesn't matter how many good quarterbacks. Fold under that kind of pressure. We see it time in and time out. Nick Foles got the job done. It's disrespectful to to him, to his family, to his former coaches, everybody to even think that he should be a second string or a backup quarterback. He should have been in a while ago. Meanwhile, I'm saying all this and there's still three and zero. Well, yeah, there's just no,
0: (laughs) but there's no question to me. I mean, Trubisky's done and uh, the experiment's over. I think if you're a Bears fan right now, you just hope that they don't resort back to him. You hope that Nagy uh, continues with Nick Foles, even through the thick and thin. Just let him go. Just let Nick Foles in.
1: Yeah, and something interesting. I can't remember which show it was. I don't know if it was Sinead and Golik or um, – or, um, uh, I, I, Kellerman, there we go. Sorry, I was blanking out. Anyway, um, one of them had a point where you could see that Coach Nagy was so quick to pull the plug. That's how much faith he had in Mitch Trubisky because had he believed in him just a little bit more or had he believed in him like he said he did when the season started, he wouldn't have pulled him that quickly in the game because you you have that, that big comeback in week one against the Detroit Lions under your belt. The coach said, nope. We've seen enough even even after that win, even after week two. it's uh, It just goes to show that some of these coaches say things to kind of save face in front of the fans. But if you're a coach and they're going to stick to your guns, just do it from the beginning because we saw that it worked out.
0: Eight eight zero five seven six three. another one of my favorite games as we continue here on the program from this weekend, Bills and Rams. And, of course, I'm a Rams fan, just love the game, uh, love the fact that it was a roller coaster matchup. And, hey, the Bills were up big in this one. They were killing the Rams. And, uh LA was able to come back in a big way, scored, I believe it was 17 unanswered from the second quarter uh, all the way into the fourth quarter at one point, but Josh Allen closed out the game in a big way, did not like that pass interference call at all, but still, on the other side, don't really like the Rams secondary, so, I mean, there's there's kind of a trade-off there. Uh, Josh Allen, good quarterback, I really like him a lot, he's a gamer, he's somebody who can win you uh, big-time games, he can run the ball, he could th- sling it far, and uh, he, he's... Erratic at times, he yeah. makes these crazy decisions. You scratch your head at times with what he does on the ground, but man, he's a fun player to watch. That's the bot, he's entertaining as yeah. hell.
1: One thing I love about him is he's not afraid to try and make a play. I, I think that's a given. There's going to come points and times, and he's learned already, but he's going to learn what not to do and when to do certain things, however. He, he's he got the tools, I think, to really lead this team further than where they are now. Obviously, he has to remain healthy. Other guys got to remain healthy. But he's showing flashes of, hey, I want to win at any cost. And you got to respect that.
0: No, you do, you definitely do. Eight eight zero five seven six three number to get into the program. We're going to take a timeout right now. When we come back, we'll open the can of worms, the minors. and for the first time in a decade. And, hey, we're going to talk the goods and the bads because it's not all rainbows and sunshines with this team, but there is a lot of potential for the future, and I'll get to that uh, later on in the program. And and if you want to weigh in on UTEP's win, if you want to talk some NFL football with us, now's the time to do it. 880-5763, number to weigh in on the program. As we continue, you're listening to Sports Talk right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back to Sports Talk. Adrian brought us here, along with Sal Montes as we continue here on the program. 880-5763, number to get into the program. Service industry workers who visit Twin Peaks from 10 o'clock to close daily for service industry night will receive half off. All bites and burgers. That's right, 50% off sandwiches and tacos when they show proof of industry employment. Additionally, the Ultimate Sports Lodge will give away a Twin Peaks bottle opener membership keychain to each individual And this is in response to the COVID-19 pandemic hitting the service industry hard this year. And Twin Peaks wants to honor those who work in the industry by offering them specials each and every night. Want to remind you that Twin Peaks welcomes every guest with primetime matchups, ice cold 29 degree beer, and now new smoked menu items, Eats, drinks scenic views Eight eight zero five seven six three. 5763 number to get into the program as we continue now it's time to talk some utep football oh man what a weekend it was for the Miners! they dominated louisiana monroe 31 to 6 and let's just do it let's just jump right into it because I was wrong I'm gonna be the first one out here to say that I picked the miners to go two and 10 on the season had really low expectations from this group especially because of just the fact that you know you're you're looking at who they have on their team you're looking at the opponents and you just wonder where these wins would come well the miners right now are three and one on the season for the first time in a decade they go into conference USA play with some momentum and more than uh, more than all of this kind of stuff just throw records aside it just seems like this team has a lot more life this year. And it seems like this program is taking the right steps in their development uh, you know, part. I, and when we're talking about the rebuild for Dana Dimmel and what he had for his five-year plan, his idea was, hey, let's develop some of the young players, let's uh let's do it right, let's not, you know, cut any corners and let's develop this program into a bowl contender, into maybe a conference USA contender for years to come. But it takes time. And I I think that now what you're starting to see, you're seeing a sophomore quarterback in Gavin Hardison. You're seeing a redshirt freshman running back in Deion Hankins. You're seeing a dynamic wide receiver duo in redshirt senior Justin Garrett and uh, sophomore Jacob Cowing. You're seeing all those three young, talented players, and, and four if you include Justin Garrett, who's a senior. You're seeing those three give this fan base a lot to be excited about for years to come, because if you're able to build upon Gavin Hardison's arm and if you're able to balance it out on the ground with Dion Hankins coming out of Parkland High School, who was uh, El Paso's all time leading rusher. Well, man, you got to be a lot. You got to be really excited for the offense for years to come. And I wrote about this on our website today on 600 ESPN El that I just predicted this team to win two games this year. And why would why would I pick any other way? Because this team has won just two games in the past three years leading up to twenty twenty. But like twenty twenty has done a year full of uncertainty. The miners have surprised us all. And they're start they're starting this year three and one. Granted, hey, they beat two FCS opponents, Abilene Christian, Stephen F. Austin, but they got it done on the road and they beat Louisiana Monroe, and they're going into Conference USA play, and they just need three games,
1: three games to make them bowl eligible. Can you believe it, Sal? So far, they're playing the they should card. Exactly right. Before in the past, we're saying they should beat FCS schools. They did it. They should beat a team like Louisiana Monroe on the road. They did it. So now that they they did all of those uh, preliminaries, are they going to be able to match up uh, against the likes of UTSA when it comes time for a big conference win? Are they going to be able to go up against Southern Miss and get that win as well? Then, uh, actually, it's going to be the next one. Uh, probably one of the toughest games all season in Conference USA on the road in Ruston out at uh, La Tech, can they not only compete, but can they win that game as well? So I was wrong. I I, I think I said like one or two wins, um, and I would make little jokes here and there. So that's my fault. They, they've proved me wrong so far. Now they've bridged those gaps of, hey, we got your attention. So now can they do things while people are, are watching them? They have attention now. They have another ESPN2 game, Kirk uh, Herb Street. We'll see if it's the curse of Kirk. He was um, – he had UTEP as one of their top uh, five uh, teams this past week, or as far as performances go, so we'll see what happens, man. It's exciting.
0: You know, it's funny because you haven't heard a lot of buzz, positive buzz, I should say, about UTEP football in a long time. I mean, you probably have to go back even further than Aaron Jones because I think fans were excited yeah. about individual performances that Aaron would have in those years, but they were also just tired, and, and a lot of that comes in fatigue over this offense that we've seen over the past couple of years, and just not a quarter quarterback who's able to do a lot and having to patch and piece things together with your offensive line and just injuries that may come yeah uh- so Way
1: different lineups, game in, game out.
0: Yeah, and I think that now you're starting to see a lot, like fans start to be way more relaxed when it comes to this team. I, I think a lot of fans really like Gavin Hardison, and I, I, I do too. I mean, let's not let's be honest, right here. Gavin Hardison has been able to do things uh, through the, through the air that UTEP has not seen in a long, long time. So we'll continue the UTEP conversation as we get into hour number two. So stay with us as sports talk continues right here on 600 ESPNL. Paso. number two is underway. Adrian brought along with Sal Montes, as we bring you sports talk live from our Lubin go studios for another big hour and some change. We're taking you up to that big Monday night football game. It's the chiefs and the Ravens. We'll have it for you right after sports talk right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Last hour, we talked a lot of Cowboys. We talked a lot of Sunday uh, football and especially some storylines but we are now going to talk some UTEP football. The Miners are three and one for the first time in a decade. They've got young talent. They're exciting, and the Conference USA schedule looks wide open. Let's let's just be honest. Nothing in the conference has um, made me. Really excited about any of these teams in Conference USA. We're going to get to our player of the game and our play of the game later on here in the program, but want to turn everybody to the uh, Twitter page right now where we've got a poll going on. And I simply asked how many more games will UTEP football win for the rest of this year? So the Miners have eight scheduled games. And, of course, we're throwing out COVID-19, any kind of thing like that, with any complications of of a canceled or scheduling or whatever it may be. And we're just simply asking, how many of the rest of the eight games for UTEP football can they win on the season? So far, we've got 60 votes in on 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter and everybody's kind of around two different marks. There are still some negative and skeptical people who think that UTEP will go uh, and just win zero to two games. Some people think that they'll have three to four wins. And that's about where everybody's at right now. Almost half of the voters think that UTEP will win about three to four games. So, all right, UTEP has four games on the road, four games at home in Conference USA. They open up the Conference USA Slate on October 10th. They're on a bye this week, so no game this week for the Miners, but they'll take on Louisiana Tech on the road to start off conference play next week. And then after that, they host Southern Miss at home. They go on the road to face Charlotte following that game and then close out the month of October at home against North Texas on Halloween. So the month of October will tell a lot for the Miners. It will tell whether or not they can compete for a bowl. They, it'll tell whether or not this team is actually trending in the right direction. And I think it'll tell a lot about this, this young talent that everybody's talking about on this roster. And I'm talking about Gavin Hardison, the redshirt quarterback, the redshirt sophomore quarterback, as I should say, who's really opened up their offense and taken it to a, a different level. It's also going to tell a lot about Dion Hankins, what the f- redshirt freshman running back out of Parkland High School can do with this team, and it'll tell a lot about Jacob Cowling and what he can continue to do in the receiving core, along with his dynamic partner in Justin Garrett. They've got three nice or er, four nice weapons, I should say, offensively, along with a pretty good line as we've seen so far. You look defensively, and man, what the Miners did in allowing just six points defensively against Louisiana Monroe. I mean, that's special. We're talking about a team that hasn't won a road game since 2018 when they snapped that 20-game losing streak to Rice on the road, and that was a, a huge win in itself back in Dana Dimmel's first year. Well, how about this? We're going into year three right now of the Dana Dimmel era, and they haven't won much, let's be honest, but they go into year three with already three games under their belt. They're 3-1 and one going into Conference USA play, and that's exactly where this program wanted to be. And I'll, I'll shift it back over to the offense, because I wrote about it on our website, 600ESPNElPaso.com, talking about, hey, maybe UTEP's got something special brewing offensively. Because if you look around this roster, you see the young talent they have. Gavin Hardison, sophomore, you're getting three more years at least with him. With Dion Hankins, Redshirt freshman, you're getting four, maybe even five more years with him. Who knows? Hey, these NCAA COVID protocols, these waivers that are going on right now, we're still we're still uh, finding out more stuff on this on a daily basis. Same with Jacob Cowling, the true sophomore. He doesn't even have a red shirt under his belt. We're talking about continued talent on this roster for years to come and I think that's got to give a lot of minor fans some positivity moving forward just knowing that you'll have this talent on your roster just knowing that UTEP can build upon these guys and maybe throw together some more weapons to Gavin Hardison so he can have you know two, three, four receivers to depend on each and every game. And then you can refine that running back rotation behind Deion Hankins so then he doesn't have to carry and shoulder all the load at the tailback position. Maybe you have some backups – who can favor and and really be great for this team moving forward. And then behind Gavin Hardison, just have a serviceable backup. I mean, Calvin Brownhold so far, the backup quarterback uh, so far this year, has shown that he's a good change of pace quarterback when maybe uh, asked upon. But he's not that true backup quarterback that UTEP needs. So health all around is important. It's important to to continue to develop this young talent. And when you're looking at the offense so far, Man, you gotta, you got to be pretty positive about this UTEP team moving forward, especially considering the youth that they have at all positions.
1: Another thing, too, Adrian, is uh, you were talking about the offensive line. And uh, on the other side, the defensive line, aside from the Texas game, really they, they've more or less been controlling the game in the trenches. All we're looking for really from the defensive line is just a couple more sacks, more tackle yeah. for losses, but they're getting there. Now it's just – I always use this phrase, but – They just got to bridge that gap to actually get a tackle for loss. But another thing I noticed is big play Daron Lowe. We played his clip for the highlight, but as we reflect back in week one, he had that big interception where Stephen F. Austin was on the, I think, 13-yard line of UTEP. I don't know if he picked it off in the end zone or or just outside of it. That's another key interception for the Miners. So as we're talking about, uh, Garrett and we're talking about Cowing, Hardison and Hankins. There's a lot of other guys making plays for the Miners and uh, I want to take it back to the defensive line. We got to see kind of the breakout of uh, Keenan Stewart. Yep. Uh, I don't want to say the breakout of uh, Moss but maybe this was for sure his best game of the season. I think he's going to have a better game as well. Guys are feeding off of each other's energy by this time.
0: Yeah, Stephen Forrester you could throw That's him in the one, mix. Yeah. He's top 15 right now in FBS for total tackles. Praise Mehule. He had some big, big <laughs> plays and and you look even back to that Abilene Christian game. Gosh, two passes deflected from him, also a sack and a tackle for loss. Amehule has been playing uh, lights-out football on the defensive end for the Miners. So I, I like those names that you threw out there, Sal. And we'll throw it back to the listeners out there. 880-5763, number to get into the program. We're asking on social media and on air right now, after UTEP's 31-6 to win over Louisiana Monroe, Simply, how many more games will the miners win in Conference USA? Right now, 43 percent of the voters have selected three to four wins. 31% have said zero to two wins for the miners. 17 percent of you have said five to seven or excuse me, five to six wins, and five percent of you have said six to eight wins. Now let's just say that man. if they won six games minimum, six to eight, you're talking about a nine and four, nine and three minor team. Oh,
1: my goodness. You could throw out those FCS games and count on legit, what would it be, seven total wins? Assuming that happens, seven total wins from a group of five. Big, big jump over the last couple of years.
0: Wow. Hey, Pinky, in response to our poll, says, hey, why not? It's 2020. <laughs> Leo underscore minors fan tweets the program. I think the highest I had them at was three to four tops, and that was even high. Now I can actually see them winning 5-6, to six. so as long as they can perform such as they did on Saturday, possibly more, and I can't even believe I'm saying that, wow. I like it. Screenshot I like
1: it. that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we need the proof. <laughs> hey, Papa Q tweets the program. He thinks 6-8 to eight wins. My reasoning is with this team playing at even better front, we'll be able to generate enough pressure to disrupt any quarterback mm. in Conference USA. And with the offense playing the way that they are, no team. She will be able to shut them out.
1: Hmm? Another thing, too, Adrian, shout out to this UTEP defense. They've not allowed more than 14 points against anybody aside from Texas. So this game against Louisiana Tech is going to be really telling. The identity so far for the Miners, in my opinion, would be defense is not allowing a lot of points and the offense can move the ball. Now we'll see what happens.
0: Noah at 262SD tweets the program. All I know is that they have a quarterback who can throw and a running back who runs over people. For fun. (laughs) I like that one. He keeps it simple. Poncho tweets the program. Great win for UTEP football this weekend. Finally showed improvement. I think their first real test will be against Louisiana Tech what do you think? And I, hey, I agree. I agree yeah. completely with that right there, because Louisiana Tech is one of your better teams in Conference USA. They're coached by one of the best in, in Skip Holtz, and when you look at that Law Tech team, I mean, I think they fielded, or they didn't have 20 of their players against Southern Miss when that game went down to the wire just two weeks ago because of COVID-19. They actually lost six starters leading into that game because of COVID-19 contact tracing that really uh, took a lot of players out from that game, and they still came out on top. That's just a well-coached team right there in Louisiana Tech. So, if UTEP was able to go to Ruston and beat Louisiana Tech on the road in Conference USA, I mean, we're not... Throw everything out the window at that point. That would, be a <laughs> really, that would be a really, really massive win for this program.
1: Yeah, those are the wins that the Miners need to get. This is the one we're going to find out how for real are they. Everybody's looking at you. Louisiana Tech is looking at you, and not just because you're on the schedule and you're in the conference. They're paying attention because of what you did against another Louisiana team just the two weeks before by the time the game starts. So, oh, man, I'm excited for this game. It's going to be a real, real big one. I'd say this one and... Just looking down the schedule, North Texas is going to be another telling one, especially because it's at home. Can they beat them after the fine era? And also UTSA on the road in November. and can- Sure. And... Forget Rice. How about November 21st against UAB? If you want to be one of the best teams at Conference USA, you want to show everybody you're for real, you have to get wins against La Tech and UAB.
0: Yeah, well, we'll see. Eight eight zero five seven six three number to get into the program. I think UTEP will be able to compete against those in the middle of the pack, and I think that maybe this year is the year where they show that, hey, they can just stay and compete in these games instead of getting blown out at times. I think that's one of the things that minor fans really want to see as well. If you want to weigh on UTEP's win over the weekend. Now is the time to do it. 880-5763. Number to get into the program. Tell us what you like, what you don't like on this team, what improvements you think need to still be made. Hey, Ed McDonald tweets the program. I'm not too concerned about the wins and the losses. I'm just looking at a team playing competitive all the way and all the way through the rest of the way, and that's what I want to see improvement from all the players, which I've already seen tons of in all areas. Defense, offense and special teams hey special teams real quick just kind of interesting to note that this team uh, this team actually went one for three for field goals with Gavin Beckley and didn't really punt the ball too particularly well but if that's the worst thing that we're going to see on the special team side I'll take it any day because UTEP is still uh, being competitive in special teams they're still uh, pretty good in terms of kickoff coverage punt coverage all that kind of stuff and offensively defensively man they make make up for it right there
1: yeah they're in position a lot more times uh, than we've seen before now um they're wrapping up a lot more. We've seen that over the last couple of weeks where they're not having as many time management issues. They're still having some, but not as many time management issues as before. And also, guys are catching more passes, too. They're moving the ball, and the biggest one, Adrian, are you ready for this? All right. They're converting on third down. It's a <laughs> whole new world when you could do that.
0: You know, it really is. And, and we'll, we'll have a lot more to talk about UTEP as we move forward. If you want to w- listen in to the Minor Talk podcast, you can find it wherever you get your podcast. 600 ESPNs. ESPN El Paso as well. After you, after that game when they beat Louisiana Monroe 31-6, to we had a lot of calls and a lot of comments after that one. But we're going to take a timeout right now. When we come back, we'll get to more phone calls and tweets. Stay with us as Sports Talk continues right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Back here on Sports Talk, Adrian brought us along with Sal Montes as we continue here on a busy, busy Monday edition of Sports Talk. Eight eight zero five seven six three eight eight zero K R O D is the number to weigh in and get on in and through to the program as we continue. We're talking football, talking locomotive FC soccer, talking NBA, NHL. Oh, so much to get to. Playoff baseball is set. We'll get to that in a little bit, but want to talk some high school football real quick. We got some breaking news that just came in on the program today. I'm going to read you the fan attendance policy at high school football games for the opening week in El Paso. And by the way, Opening week is here. It's this weekend. How about that? The high school football season is right around the corner, and teams are getting ready to kick off their season. We'll have coverage and reports up on our website, 600ESPNElPaso.com, leading up to the big game day this week. EPISD, parents and guests of senior participants only are allowed in attendance at these high school football games. So that means if you're a parent, or, go, or a, a guest of a senior participant and not just football, but we're also talking about the cheerleading squad, the band, the ROTC, all those involved will be allowed at attendance. Again, just two. So that's that's it for EPISD. Socorro ISD released their, their guidelines for fan attendance at high school football games this weekend. Two parents of senior participants only. How about that? Just two parents of the senior participant only underclassmen, uh, parents and and, uh, family members will not be allowed to attend those games. And for YISD, two parents for each participating student athlete. So then uh, they are leaving it a little bit more inclusive when it comes to Yisleta. They are allowing two parents of a participant, regardless of the grade level that they are in. So, again, a little bit more with EPISD and what they're going to be doing. They're, they said that they'll have limited seating uh, capacity in order to comply with social distancing per UIL guidelines. All fans will be required to wear face masks at all times. Next week's games, October 1st through October 3rd, which is this week, will feature senior nights in recognition of all EPISD seniors participating in games this year. Fans for these games only will be limited to parents and guests of those senior students participating in the game, such as players, band, dance and cheer, and ROTC. This will ensure that the families of seniors are able to take part in these special events. More with EPISD allowing fan attendance at their game. Starting on October 8th, games will be open to all with continued limited capacity. Families of students participating in each game will have priority access to tickets. EPISD Athletics is working on an online ticketing system to facilitate this process and fan capacity will vary by stadium. We're getting this game week, Sal. We're getting this Monday right before kickoff
1: on Friday. Oh, man, you got to love how they're trying to do everything before Friday. The game's in, what, four days or something like that? They're trying to do everything. Shout out to them. Perfect time management. Great job. No, but in all seriousness, though, um, a lot of these districts have been trying to make moves, but they get, I'm not shunned, they get stopped or they... They just completely have to halt whatever it is they're doing because higher-ups say no. UIL is basically telling a lot of these districts, you can't do this, you can't do that. When they're trying to be proactive, they're trying to show some initiatives because the season's starting. They're trying to get on the ball right away, just a later start than usual, but better late than never. And uh, just to comment on the senior uh, senior night early, I really like that. Um, who knows what can happen? Maybe a school might not be able to play the rest of the season because all the teams that they've scheduled are unable to play and then plan B, C, D, E, F, G, whatever also falls through. So I like this to start off.
0: Well, it just fine. I find all this really interesting, especially, you know, as of the past couple weeks, EPISD Mm -hmm. and indoor games for volleyball, they've canceled some of them against non-district opponents from Ysleta because YISD is allowing parents and guardians of, of selected players uh, to attend these games so if EPISD is canceling those indoor games and then turning around and allowing two parents mm-hmm. at each of these football games, I understand the difference. I mean, outdoor versus indoor, but in this same release that they put out today, they also said that EPISD is working on protocols to allow fans at indoor games in the near future. So I think there's just still a lot to, to be uh, hashed out. I'm interested once we go out to these stadiums over the weekend and kind of cover them for the first time, how it will all shape out because because there's a lot here. I mean, you're talking about um, you're talking about 53-man, or not 53-man, but you're talking about yeah, I got you. uh, football teams on both sides going at it. No, there's uh, tons of contact right there in high school football. You're also talking about parents who will be at stands and stadiums. Well, what about the visiting teams? I mean, are they just totally not allowed and excluded yeah. from these games? Is that what's the reality from here? And I, I'm just interested how this will all work itself out, because like you said, Sal, we're talking about a quick turnaround for high High school football. We're talking about this kicking off in less than four days, and yeah. we're talking about a season that it's basically here. So, the fact that th- this is being uh, told to all of us on Monday morning, I-, I think there are a lot of parents and a lot of people out there who are very uncertain about what's going to happen for this high school football season. And I understand. Yeah. I understand, you know, the senior side of it. They want to play their last senior year, they want to get out there, expose themselves uh, f- to all these uh, college recruiters, and try to get recruited out at the next level. I understand that. I understand the flip side too. When parents say, no, I don't want my kids out there contracting anything. So I'm going to pull them from this team and just not, we're going to opt out of this season. So, I, I don't know. I, I think this is one of those things that we'll have to wait and see, just kind of like we saw with the UTEP fan attendance. I, I was kind of negative to start off with that one, but they proved me wrong. UTEP has done such a great job uh, as far as socially distancing all their fans. I know all the jokes. We get it. But, <laughs> hey, point is, I'm really interested in this weekend for high school football. We're getting this news just days before the kickoff is set. We're, we're probably going to see how the ticket distribution is. We're going to see how these stadiums are being socially distanced uh, with their fans fans and all that kind of stuff but it's just pretty amazing because three months ago I didn't think we'd get here to high school football I didn't think we'd play high school football at all in the fall I thought we would have to push to a spring season if anything and I think that the fact that we're here and we're talking about a kickoff on Friday I mean man that's a it's pretty special here in Texas
1: yeah especially if they're given the go I mean they they got to know something so if they're able to make these moves right away it's got to count for something I mean it's It's just so out of left field... Really, because it's so late, but also at the same time, I gotta remind myself we're in a freaking pandemic. Nothing's gonna go how it's supposed to. You gotta be ready on the flip side for whatever happens. So, shout out to all these districts being able to get it going.
0: Eight eight zero five seven six three number to weigh in on the program as we continue here on Sports Talk. Uh, we would love to talk to you if you'd like to weigh in on high school football starting this weekend. If you'd like to talk some NFL action that happened over this past weekend, or if really anything you want to, anything on your mind in the world of sports. Now is the time to do it. But before we do that, let's get back to Sal Montes. He has another bottom of the hour Sports Center update. Really appreciate that, Sal. Let's keep it moving here on the phone lines. David is up next. He wants to talk some football. David, what's going on? You're on Sports Talk.
3: Hey, thank you very much for letting me on. I called a few months back. Uh, I was coaching over in Hobbs, New Mexico, and Gavin was uh, quarterback
0: uh, uh, I, rem- I remember here. your call well, David, and you were telling us, hey, Gavin Hardison said, is going to be lighting up the world here at Utah." I mean, he's got an arm, and, man, you were right, David. You were totally right.
3: Yeah, I would just say, you know, this it, is building the same way he did for Hobbs High School. His sophomore year, they won six games after not winning more than three for 15 years, and then they won – Eight and then they won ten, and you know he set all every record in New Mexico for you know five thousand six hundred yards, fifty-five touchdowns, only six interceptions. And I can see if UTEP with this young core, it's it's really exciting to look at the future. Now you know if they win three more games this year, I'd be real happy. But they've won three. This is the best season I've seen since I've been here. So <laughs> I'm already going like this. is fantastic. Uh, but yeah i was calling to just kind of reaffirm that i saw this same similarity when he was there so it's he he's got that it factor for him so that's kind of cool
0: yeah um, it, it is great and hey real quick on the it factor the fact that this guy's a gamer the the fact that this guy is pretty much setting up and engineering this utep offense in just his redshirt sophomore year and his first year starting with the miners i think that's pretty incredible right there
3: yeah I- and like I said, he was—he uh, started as varsity quarterback his sophomore year, and even then, you saw that growth and just his ability to come and kind of command the field, and that grew. And I'm kind of really excited to see what happens over the next couple of years with UTEP because, like I said, they got a young core around him as well, and if they grow together, oh my, this, this oh, may yeah. be the best UTEP seen in years.
0: I'm with you on that. You got a redshirt freshman and Dion Hankins. You've got a sophomore and Jacob Cowing. You've got some wide young linemen. Yeah, yeah, great wide receiving <laughs> core that is just getting better each time they go out. I'm with you on this, David. I mean, uh, hey, what well, the progress that Gavin Hardison has shown, even from just year one to year two, and now seeing him as the starter, you're just thinking, wow, they've got something special brewing.
3: Yeah, and so that's going to be it. Now, the conference USA, it's tough. you got some pretty good teams. And like I said, if they win two, three more, that's a heck of a year for them. So that gives them, what, five, six wins on the season. So that would be huge. Now, about high school football, and I did have a question because I was kind of listening to you all reading the rules for for uh, attendance, and I was going to ask, are, like, a team's –
0: What was that? What was that, David? We just... You got cut off there. With, uh,
3: with, with, no, that's fine. With the high school football program, are attending... Football teams fans going to be able to attend too, or is it just for
0: home fans? That's what from what I've been able to gather from the, these releases, it seems like it's just the homes, the home team, right there in the seniors. Now, if it's an interdivision game, now I'd be interested how that would be. For example, if a Socorro team faces another Socorro team, how would that look, and how would uh, fans be allowed into attendance between those two uh, opponents? But uh, I have no clue on that one. I, I think it's going to yeah, be district to district, but if you're playing a YISD team who's allowing (laughs) allowing different fans at these games, I'm just curious to see how this will be all distributed. No, I'm with you on this. There's a lot of unanswered questions, Dave, and I appreciate the phone call. Thanks for weighing in on the show uh, that we still have for high school football. And like we talked about earlier, I mean, it's right around the corner. Kickoff is Friday. We're getting ready for this season to start right away. So really looking forward to seeing what kind of news that is going to be coming out of of all these districts including EPISD, Socorro, Ysleta in the coming days once this season is getting ready to kick off. 880-5763, number to get into the program. A lot of things that we don't know. I mean, that's the bottom line. We we wish that we knew a lot of these things for high school football, but just haven't been able to, uh, to get the clarification from some of these districts. But hey, let's shift gears real quick. I want to talk some baseball before we get to our break. Man, Baseball playoffs are here. How cool is that, Sal? The fact that they're right around the corner in this shortened season, it was able to survive. I think that's a big thing for this, uh, for this uh, sports world. I mean, the fact that we've got... Football playing right now. The fact that we've got soccer going on. We've got some meaningful uh, baseball action in the mix as well. It's a a great time to be a sports fan. So just going to run down the MLB postseason for you real quick. In the AL, at the top seed, you've got Tampa Bay taking on the number 8 Toronto Blue Jays. In the second bracket, you've got also the Yankees taking on the Indians. That's a four-to-five seed matchup right there. Uh, the Twins, who are the who are the three seed, will take on Houston, who is the sixth seed. And then uh, moving over to the final one on this one, the A's will take on the Chicago White Sox. A's are the two seed. The White Sox are the seven seed. But now let's go to the phone lines and welcome on a great friend of the program who gave me a call right now, couldn't uh, answer because I'm hosting this show right now, and it's our good friend. J.J. Calderon, Socorro Independent School District Athletic Director. J.J., hey, I, I usually schedule these, but I, I like the fact that you're calling in. I think this is a good one. I'll, I'll give you the hotline number next time so you can just come on right in, but great to have you on. How's everything going, J.J.?
5: Uh, it's going good, fast and furious, trying to get us ready to go and, and get the kids ready to play. And I know they're excited. So uh, uh, I was listening. And I know you had some questions, and, you know, I just wanted to offer – uh, you know, if you wanted if you wanted some clarity on some stuff or you had some questions, I, I'd be more than happy to answer for you on behalf of our district.
0: Oh, that's awesome. JJ. Hey, really appreciate you calling in because Socorro ISD gets ready to kick off along with the rest of the city of El Paso for Texas high school football action. And JJ, we are hearing that Socorro will be allowing two parents at these, uh, these games. Is that correct?
5: Yeah. Right. Um, you're some of it is correct. Um, we uh, and again, I know there was some question on you know us uh, um, giving the information out on you know today, and you know we've we've started volleyball and some of the scrimmages and so forth, and we wanted to use uh, last week as an evaluation time of what um, what our facilities. Nobody's really had an opportunity to uh, uh, to see what it's going to look like, you know, with uh, with with fans, without fans, and nobody really has any experience. It's all new territory for us, so. We wanted to use last week as an evaluation piece to how we're going to roll out our plan. We've been talking about our plan, you know, for over, you know, a month and a half now. So, um, uh, you know, our intent is to take care of our, you know, first of all, we want to make sure that our our senior athletes and their parents have opportunities to see their kids play. And and that was important for us and and a priority for us. We don't don't know if, uh, you know, how COVID is going to treat us. And uh, down the road, we don't know if we're going to get those opportunities. Hopefully, we do. And uh, so, we wanted to put our seniors in the beginning of the season as a uh, as our priority for us. And uh, and a lot comes with that. And taking care of our seniors, like I said, we uh, at the SAC we're looking at and um, allowing both bands when it's SISD schools to attend the games. Um, and then uh, senior parents will be allowed uh, to attend our games as well, or uh, and to purchase tickets. Uh, We do want to take care of our senior athletes, our cheerleaders, our our band members, our performing groups. So all those parents, all those senior parents that we usually have our senior nights and we use uh, our senior nights to honor those parents and and participants are going to have that opportunity for us in, in their first home game.
0: So I'll reset it for you, JJ. So to clarify, for all Socorro Independent School athletic events that are going on now, parents of senior athletes will be able to go to games that include football. Now what about other sports that are going on right now, like volleyball, right. cross-country, tennis also, right. in high school sports? What are you guys going to do out there for Socorro Independent School District?
5: Right, and we want to do the same for all sports. Our, you know, We want to be consistent. Uh, and give the same opportunities for our kids, like I said, for bat- for seniors as well. So this is kind of our senior week. Um, so our senior home team parents will be al- allowed to come in um, for volleyball. Um, cross-country is a little bit different because of the sites. Um, they don't, some of our teams don't have the opportunity because um, they're running at away sites. Uh, we do have two teams at the SAC on Friday um, for cross-country. So we will allow those senior parents to attend. And then, of course, tennis is a different schedule as well. But we do want to uh, provide our first home games for our teams uh, to, uh, uh, to give opportunities for our senior parents to attend those games.
0: That's awesome right there. Hey, we're talking to J.J. Calderon, athletic director out at Socorro Independent School District, as we continue. Now, J.J., we had a caller who just asked a question about the ability for f- opposing team or visiting team fans to attend some of these games. What are going to be the guidelines on those, or have you are you, are those kind of still ongoing as we move forward?
5: Right. And, and in the beginning, it, it was a little difficult to uh, say. It, it's a little bit more... There's more to it than just saying, uh, you know, we're going to allow fans, we're not going to allow fans. There's there's so much more to it. Um, facilities come into play. Uh, you look, for example, you know, the SAC's a larger venue than, than, than most stadiums in town. Um, our freshman and JV football teams play at, at our high schools here in Socorro ISD, and and we don't have stadiums at those high schools where, like, in YISD and EPISD they do have um, their freshman and JV teams play at, at those stadiums. Some of our gyms are larger than others, uh, newer facilities, older facilities. So um, it is kind of difficult to uh, to navigate, you know, or to set um, something that's consistent. Um, But uh, you know, we have to take all those into consideration. And I think our plan in the beginning, we we kind of set three different tiers for um, how we're going, what levels we're going to allow. Uh, spectators into our to our facilities, and that allows us to move up and down as needed. So, like I said, we haven't a- been able to uh, uh, look at what a socially distanced, a uh, correctly socially distanced stadium would look like or a gym. Um, so we're kind of giving ourselves a flexibility to uh, to go up and down and say, yes, we're going to allow more fans. We need to cut back. We don't have enough room. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna. We're going to take a look at it, and that's why we said we would do it on a weekly basis, every Monday, um, so that we're able to uh, uh, to review what it looked like the week before and make improvements. Because we want to allow as many people as possible. We don't want to sh- restrict parents from coming in and seeing, watching their kids. We understand it's um, there's an investment from their parents, and there's an you know kids have have invested their time and efforts, and we want people to see our kids play. We want to showcase our kids. We want to make sure we're doing it in a safe manner. So. As far as allowing guests to come in, we'd like to get to that point. We're not there yet. Um, if things look good this week, we'd like to take the next step and, and start allowing as many people as we can. And like I said, being so being uh, safe and following the, the CDC guidelines and, and, again, giving our, our campuses um, an opportunity to manage the facilities the way they need to be managed and, and in a safe way.
0: Hey, JJ, I I can't tell you how much I appreciate you just calling into the show. Seriously, it really helps to clarify a lot of these uncertainties when it comes to high school sports, especially for Socorro Independent School District. And man, what a slate of games this weekend. I'm so excited for high school football to kick off this weekend in a a safe manner and and the way that you guys have it down. what I got to talk about some of these awesome matchups that are going to take place this weekend. I can't wait for them.
5: Right, yeah, you know we're gonna kick off on Thursday night. Uh, El Dorado is 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 playing host to Pebble Hills, so uh, you know it's uh, I I, you know it's uh, it's it's something that I think just you know being able to start the games and have a football season started is is an accomplishment because I know there's been a lot of uh, a lot of kids are working hard and you know there's been a lot of setbacks all the way from March and. Um, just to know that our kids have stayed connected to our programs and kids are getting an opportunity to play is, um, you know, that's, that, that's been a very, uh, that's a success within itself. Just, you know, I know the amount of time coaches have put in to, to do, put virtual trainings together and uh, scheduling and, and, you know, all the guidelines and protocols that have been put in place and them taking that extra time to learn them and not only to learn them, to, but to apply them to their practices. Um, you know, this is this is a big night. This is, this is a big event for us to be able to to start having high school football in El Paso because um, you know I know uh, that that it, it's been a, a difficult you know four or five months.
0: Sure, no, I to- then, I'm totally with you on that, JJ. Yeah, and and then we'll follow up again
5: on Friday with Del Valle versus Americans at the SAC. You know, I know uh, Socorro I mean, Montwood going to Burgess uh east lake going to uh east lake going to parkland and socorro uh socorro going to Isleta there's going to be good games out there as well
0: man there's gonna be some great ones i can't wait and jj appreciate the phone call again thanks for weighing in and hey best of luck to you and everybody out at the socorro independent school district as we get ready for friday's kickoff all right
5: yeah you bet i just want to say thank you to you guys too and, and all the local media for being patient with us and and uh, we appreciate the patience and we're going to try and do our best to uh, showcase our kids and, and, to, and to accommodate you guys.
0: Awesome. Awesome stuff, JJ. Appreciate it as always. You take care, okay? Thank you. Thanks for having me, Adrian. All right, that's JJ Calderon, athletic director of the Socorro Independent School District who just weighed in on the show. If you'd like to follow that phone call up, now is the time to do it. Let's take a timeout right now. When we come back, more phone calls and tweets. Stay with us as Sports Talk continues right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back to Sports Talk. Adrian Bratis, Sal Montes closing out hour number two here on the program, 880-5763-880-KROD. If you want to weigh in, now is the time to do it. And special thanks to J.J. Calderon, Socorro Independent School District Athletic Director, hearing us talk about high school football in El Paso, how everything's going down, calling us up. And giving us the lowdown. Really appreciate you do, him doing that. And I mean, what other athletic director is going to do that for us? That's huge, right there. I love JJ. And I appreciate him weighing in and giving us at least. The information that we're uh, really looking for. So hey, I really appreciate that, man. Great job by JJ Calderon eight eight zero five seven six three number to weigh in on the program we talked about before uh, last segment uh, the MLB postseason we talked about the AL matchups. Let's go to the NL real quick before we get uh, through this hour. The top seed in the NL, the Dodgers course. They're going up against the eighth-seeded Brewers in the opening round of the playoffs tomorrow. And also, Padres will be taking on the Cardinals. Love that matchup. 4-5 matchup right there. San Diego as the fourth seed. The Cubbies are the third seed. They're taking on the sixth-seeded Miami Marlins. Should be an interesting matchup right there. And of course, you got the Braves taking on the 7th seed Reds and Atlanta, second seed. They secure that one. We'll have the coverage of tomorrow's Twins-Astros game beginning, I believe, at 11 o'clock. So you can listen to it right here. 600 ESPN El Paso while you go through your workday. That's going to be really exciting. MLB postseason is here. We're really excited about that. And, uh, hey, Sal, I'll tell you what else I'm really excited about. Monday Night Football right around the corner. Ravens-Chiefs. It's coming up in just a little bit, but stay with us as Sports Talk continues right here on 600 ESPN El Paso.
3: 600 ESPN El Paso brings you live NFL coverage of Monday Night Football, Thursday Night Football, and Sunday Night Football, thanks to the Oscar All State Agency.
0: All right, final segment here on a busy Monday edition of the program. If you want to duck in a late call, now is the time to do it. at 5763 Steve will be back tomorrow. No UTEP football with Dana Dimmel this week. It's a bye week, so uh, they will be taking it off. That means we're not taking uh, Minor Talk on Saturday, Sal. We've got a week off. It's been I a busy... Know,
1: man. Back-to-back wins. Yeah, but it's been <laughs> a busy couple weeks for us yeah. here at the
0: radio station, it, man. It's been
1: awesome, Adrian. Back at it. Mid-season form, and we're hitting into the mid-season, which is awesome. But Minor minor Talk's so much fun. Almost had a blunder there. We would have had to bleep that. But uh, so much fun right now on Minor Talk. And uh, more to come, Adrian. And also, we're having fun with football Basketball is going to be coming up soon.
0: Hey, I'm with you on that. I'm I'm excited for uh, UTEP basketball to be here right around the corner starting late November. That's at least what we're hearing. We talked about high school football allowing some fan attendance at the games. It'll be uh, selected parents of some of the students for uh, different districts. You just heard from uh, Socorro Independent School District Athletic Director uh, J.J. Calderon, who weighed in on their plans for this upcoming fall season. But now it's time to get you ready for this game. I'm so excited for it. Kansas City Chiefs, Baltimore Ravens. It's Monday Night Football, and I'm so excited. Baltimore's favored by three and a half points. Uh, For this one, it's the defending Super Bowl champions against a team that has been just pretty much lights out. And I'm talking about the Baltimore Ravens, who've won 14 straight regular season games Lamar Jackson versus Patrick Mahomes, uh, the NFL's two top rising quarterbacks in the league right now, going at it. Kansas City Chiefs enter this one two and zero. Baltimore Ravens enter two and zero. One team has to lose. One team will leave undefeated. I just can't wait, Sal.
1: This is what we want. These are the guys who are supposed to be the next generation. You know, we talk about Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. Heck, even Russell Wilson's getting up there. But these are the new guys who are trying to sit at the table. One is already at the table with them. That's Patrick Mahomes. Lamar Jackson, he's... he's Sitting there, then he's doing the, I'll be right back, going to the restroom kind of gig. <laughs> but he's got to be at that table. This could be the game that could help uh, solidify a spot closer to it. Uh, the only thing is, though, I think these guys are, are great in their own right. It, it's really tough to judge them in the regular season. Finally, we have a head-to-head matchup. But I have a feeling we'll be seeing a, a much bigger game with more implications uh, as the season unfolds, and the, or the, as the postseason hits, rather.
0: I like that. Hey, uh, Lamar Jackson uh, leaves to go to the restroom. And, uh, and his
1: seat gets taken up by <laughs> somebody the playoffs, else.
0: It's always during the playoffs. Yeah. Poor Jeff poor Lamar. I'm such a big Lamar fan. Hey, he was the 2019 MVP. Patrick Mahomes was the 2018 MVP. They're going at it tonight for Monday Night Football, and when you look at it just beyond that, I just love the weapons who are involved in this game, and I'm talking about, well, first off with the Baltimore Ravens, I I really like Marquise Brown. I love J.K. Dobbins, the backup running back, to Mark Ingram on the Baltimore Ravens. They're allowed to, or they're able to do a lot of different things. Of course, they've got one of the league best tight ends and mark andrews uh for the ravens but you look on the flip side with kansas city they've got the top rookie running back in clyde edwards hilaire they've got one of the top fastest running or r- route runners in tyreek hill they got the best tight end in the nfl in uh travis kelsey i mean and then they got the best quarterback in patrick mahomes
1: <laughs> come on man it's funny one's asleep all right we can attack oh man there's four of the other guys on there it's ridiculous how talented this offense is. Patrick Mahomes, I think he's always, you know how people say somebody's one step ahead? He's like three or four steps ahead. he He's doing things that you don't really see too often. I mean, who do you know that young, rather, that has a presence of mind to look behind him in a crucial uh Third down, looks at the refs to make sure no flag was thrown so that way he can know if he should slide or not. (laughs) Meanwhile, there's a guy not too far from him, but he's as cool and calm and collected as ever. That's Patrick Mahomes. It's little things like that, the no-panic things, that make him the best in the league.
0: Man, he's so fun to watch, but so is so is Lamar. I mean, both these quarterbacks dazzle on a given night. But I want to ask you this, Sal, mm-hmm. is this going to be a shootout game like we saw a couple of years ago, Chiefs and the Rams, or is this going to be kind of a dud of a game? Is it going to be a low-scoring one where both these teams will have to clobber it out to finally squeeze away with a win?
1: It's going to be like that for a couple of drives, but I think this one's going to open up. The new era of the NFL, it reminds me of something Wawa Yes said earlier, how the defense is allowing too many points, So he's right, but also at the same time, I think this is just the way the game is played now. 30 points is not enough to win you a football game anymore.
0: Yeah, you're right on that. It could end up being a shootout. I hope it is. I hope it's that kind of shootout where you're just looking back and forth. It's like uh, both teams are just scoring nonstop. It's a fantasy football's uh, lover's um, you know, heaven in a, in a way because you get everybody scoring points nonstop. I'm looking forward to it, man. I think it's going to be a great Monday Night Football game, and we're going to bring it to you in just a little bit. It's been a great show today. We're going to get Steve back in action tomorrow here on Sports Talk. Full show, full three hours. We'll be Right back at it. We've got baseball. In the day, so if you're if you want to listen to some postseason baseball, we'll have it for you starting at eleven o'clock here, six hundred in El Paso. I uh, want to give a big thanks to Sal Montes for uh, engineering and being our guy behind the boards today. Producer, co-host, he's the man. Uh, and I want to give everybody a shout out for listening in. It's been a great uh, just and two and what tuning some change here, right? A
1: yeah. couple minutes and some change. Want to give a shout out to my parents. It was their anniversary this past weekend. Great examples to learn from. Also, uh, shout-out to the top QBs right now. We have Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and shout-out to the Nation.
0: Oh, man, I'm with you on that. So we've got Chiefs, Ravens, coming up next here on 600 ESPN El Paso. And for Sal Montes, I'm Adrian Bratis saying good night and thanks for listening.